turn it over to Ace, but let me say, I just want to say this one. I normally don't do the opening or, or yet, but uh, Ace has been in the hospital for three days with stomach problems. He got out yesterday afternoon, and I'm like, well, Ace is going to be gone this weekend. We were just kind of expecting Ace to be gone. And Ace got out of the hospital, and he's like, I'm going to Freeway. And his wife like, don't you need to probably go home and rest? And he said, I've been resting in the hospital for three days. I'm ready to go lead worship. So he's here this morning, too. So that's dedication. That is dedication. So give Ace a hand. Take it away, my friend. Yeah, I was in the hospital for three days, and like he said, I, I, uh, you have a lot of you know me, I don't stay cooped down. And praise is what I need to survive because it's my talent. So I needed this just as much as Jens did. So on top of that, it's uh, I'm going to let little sister here talk for a minute. Um, I would like to say happy birthday to my wonderful and beautiful mom. Now we're going to sing her happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. We're going to uh, praise the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, as we wait upon the Lord, as we wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord, as we wait upon the Lord, as we wait upon the Lord, our God. Ah. Uh... 
All right, I'm glad you're here with us this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll have our welcoming time today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, uh, God, that we're here this morning, uh, Lord, to, to worship you in song, in giving, and in the preaching and teaching of your word today, uh, Lord. And my prayer, uh, God, is that, that we are uh, in right mind and spirit with you, that we worship you this morning, Lord, in spirit and truth, and in all things that we do this morning, that we've done in Sunday school, that you be glorified and honored, that, that your name... Um, just, just be proclaimed in everything that we do, God. We love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
Thank you, guys. All right, you may be seated this morning. I want to start off with something that I love to do. That's Max Hartman and Alan Greenfield. Is, is you Max or is it Denny? Denny. Sorry, Denny. Matt, uh, Alan and Denny, if they would come up here. We have discipleship certificates to pass out this morning. There you go, sir. Thank you. You bet. Uh, Zach Bueller, please come up here. I might just say, uh, Zach and I started our discipleship back in the summer, and uh, it's been extended to back uh, a couple weeks ago. We finished it up, but uh, this this young man has been a, a, a pleasure and a joy to study with. Uh, those of you uh, who weren't here last night, uh, Zach gave his testimony. And, uh, oh, I might just put in a plug here for Skyler, too. Get back online and listen to the freeway, guys. Skyler gave his testimony last week. Zach gave his this week. But uh, it, it, it's encouraging to see where these fellows have come from. Uh, those of you who don't know, and Zach mentioned it a little last, last night, I didn't realize this. This guy's talented. If he had the right instrument, he could be up here in the praise band. So if anyone has a bass clarinet, right? He plays the bass clarinet. So, uh, you know, if you've got one and you're not using it, dust it off and, and let's update the thing. And Zach might take a little practice, but uh, man, what a blessing it's been. To, uh, to discipleship Zach. Thank you, Zach. Max, you got anything you want to say? Uh, I just want to say uh, thank you, Denny, for everything you've done. Thank you for the time you've, you've taken to disciple me and learn what it means to be a true man of God. Thank you. Dave, come on up here. Here he comes. We started our discipleship about the time Zach and Denny started. So it's been a while, and I, I've, I've truly enjoyed discipling with Dave. We always learn. I learn as much as they do, seemed like, and it, it's a joy. And I want to read a verse that I found. I read through the Bible every year, and I've done this for several years, and you can always find something in the Word of God that uh, applies to what's going on. And, you know, for instance, I'll just, I found the, the first, uh, raiser of livestock and I love raising cattle and I never I didn't know it was in the Bible but it's there you just got to look for it and you can find it but anyway I want to read you this it's in Ezra chapter 7 and verse 10 and Ezra was a scribe and this verse pertains to discipleship it says uh, 
For Ezra set his heart to study the law of the Lord and to do it, and this is a part I like, and to teach his statutes and rules in Egypt. In other words, he determined to disciple people, and I really like that. So, uh, Dave, it's been a a joy to uh, do discipleship with you. We've not only become brothers, we've become really good friends, and Dave has has done well. He's the house leader, and uh, Dave, I love you. I was glad that I got Alan for my discipleship because he's got a way about him when he tells his stories. It just captivates me, and I I was real uh, hoping that I got him, and I did. I prayed on it, and uh, we learned a lot together, and I uh, encourage anybody to get in this program. It's a lifelong commitment, and then after you're done, you share it with others and disciple, disciple them yourself. And uh, the thing that stuck out with me that I always remember was General Electric Power Company. It's how to find um, Galatians, Ephesians, um, Philippians, and Colossians. <laughs> so, thank you, Alan, and thank you, Crossbridge Baptist Church. <laughs> I love it. All right. Are we any Bible drillers here that know Matthew 28, 19, and 20? So I'd plug Bible drill real quick. And it may not be a verse this year, but you tell me none of our Bible drillers from previous years know Matthew 28, 19, 20. Oh, come on up here. Come on up. Oh, we got our hand up. <laughs> Does anybody know it and wants to say it? Valerie, you want to say it? You're a previous Bible driller. Perfect. That's why we hide God's word in our heart, right? Go ye therefore to all nations teaching and preaching, making disciples. making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Perfect. So here's the deal. Discipleship is a command of our Lord Jesus. It's a command of our Lord Jesus. So if, if you've been a Christian for your whole life, and you've never discipled anybody, start now. Like, that's what the whole point is just pouring in the knowledge. Because there's so many times where, oh man, we want them to come forward, and we want them to profess Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Well, that's not the only part of it. And we baptize them. Then you have to teach them everything that Jesus commanded. And that was a command, not only for the disciples, for the church. Like, that's our mission, making disciples. So I love handing out, love when we get to hand out discipleship uh, certificates. And those are friendships and bonds that that last literally, like, your whole life. Uh, Your whole life. Okay, Uh, announcements today. Got a few. The Women's uh, Ministry Leadership Team. I'm going to start passing this around. They're having T-shirts or crew necks made. Uh, Must be paid uh, before they turn in the order on uh, February 26th. These are the women's women's T-shirts. Uh, anywhere sizes are the, the cost is fourteen to sixteen dollars depending on size. They also have long sleeve crew necks, twenty six dollars. It says the color is heathered vanilla by Bella brand, and they're super soft. 
So if you want a t-shirt, ladies, or a shirt, please sign up. The sign-up form is going to be going around uh, for those. Coffee, uh, lady, this, ladies, this week is at 8.30 at Prickly Cactus. Prickly Cactus at 8.30 uh, this week uh, for coffee. Um, fr- what did I say? Fr- did I say Friday? This week. Friday. It helps if you know the day. Unless you show up every day, Prickly Cactus would probably like that. But uh, anyway, okay. Hey, we also have, I love it. I love when we send out uh, members of the military here. Uh, and, and they're out serving our country, defending our freedom. She's here. She's in the Marine Corps. Simplify. Where's Kaylee at? Stand up, Kaylee. She's in for a couple of days. Give her a hand. Thank you, Kaylee. Love it. I love our military. Uh, big, huge, huge thank you to a couple of people. Is Dana and Steve? Is Dana here this morning? Steve? No, Steve wasn't feeling good. Where's Tammy at? If you helped with the strawberries, I know we got kids that help with the strawberries. They sold strawberries uh, this week. Stand up if you help with the strawberries. I know there's a lot of people here that help with the strawberries. They sold 300 dozen. Strawberry, chocolate covered strawberries. 300 dozen. You guys did an amazing job. I heard some of you were here for like 10 hours. You kids were here for like 10 hours uh, this week. Here's the deal why do we do that? It, well, for one, it's a nice thing to do for Valentine's Day for your spouse or loved one or whoever, right? But it raised $4,500 for our missionaries. So that was the whole point in, in them doing that. So. Uh, thank you. Big thank you. Also, Youth Sunday, we had a busy week last week. Youth Sunday was last week. Uh, we got to stay and support the youth. Over $10,500 was raised last week for the youth fund to go to camp and for the youth. So, big thank you there uh, also. Big thank you there also. Men's Bible study and discipleship tonight. Uh, men's discipleship at 4.30 this afternoon, Bible study at 6 o'clock uh, tonight. And as always, Wednesdays, uh, we're, we're going through a study on Proverbs right now. We had a good discussion on Wednesday night on uh, uh, Proverbs upstairs. Uh, come on Wednesday nights. We have dinner together at 6 o'clock every Wednesday night. And then the classes start at 6.45. We have youth classes, our kids' classes, nursery, uh, the whole nine yards. So if you don't usually come for Wednesday night... We have cooking teams. They, they make great meals for you, so you don't have to worry about it, uh, the whole nine yards. Last thing before we uh, enter worship. I know we have a lot of prayer requests. We have a lot of people sick. We have children that are sick that I'm sending out. Uh, I want you to keep Mindy Kelly in your prayers. She's having a very serious heart surgery tomorrow morning in St. Louis. So please keep uh, Mindy in your prayers uh, today. She has that heart surgery uh, tomorrow morning. So if you would stand, we're going to take up our morning offering and have our time of worship uh, today. Also, I want you to pray for Ace's daughter. You guys have saw that out. Uh, she's still in the hospital, so, uh, so keep her in your prayers. We've got a lot of prayer requests. If you're not signed up for that uh, texting app, please sign up because I do send out reminders and prayer requests that you can sign up and, and pray for people uh, when we send those out. So, all right, let's go to Lord in prayer and we'll bless our morning offering. Lord Jesus, I thank you uh, again, Lord, for the opportunity to be here uh, today, Lord, to worship you and to preach your word and, and uh, to sing and to give uh, this morning, uh, God. And I, I pray that everything that we do here is pointing people to you. You're the center of that. I'm thankful for uh, the people that are taking time to do discipleship this morning. It's amazing when we get to present those certificates, Lord. And we do lift up to you the prayer requests that we've had this week 
Uh, Lord, I'm thankful Ace is with us this morning. I pray for uh, his daughter also. Lord, I, I pray for Mindy and the doctors tomorrow as they do surgery on her. Uh, Lord, just watch over her. Keep her safe, God. Uh, just touch their hands, and, and we pray for healing for her. Uh, for, for the children, I know, that are uh, from the babies and the little ones that are sick. Uh, Lord, I pray for them. And, Lord, uh, we can boldly come before uh, your throne today, uh, God. And we love you. We thank you as we worship you. In your name I pray. Amen.
This is a new song, so bear with me. I might uh, mess it up, and it makes me very emotional because of what I'm going through, and I'm sorry. <clears throat> I've carried a burden all too long. Ha! Uh -huh. 
guys can be seen. Thank you guys. All right, would you turn in your Bibles this morning, if you would, to Acts chapter 3. If you would, please remain standing. Let's honor God's word together. You're good, Ace. You're good, buddy. Acts chapter 3. So, um, you're not going to have any notes on the overhead. I want to start off by saying this this morning as you're turning there. Uh, I'd worked on a sermon this week about being fishers of men. And um, I think it's very, very important to listen and when God's urging you and talking to you uh, through his word. And uh, for us to not be, not be scared to talk about things. And I've received a lot of questions over the last week or so primarily about revival. About revival in our local area. Revival uh, in Kentucky that we've seen on the news that's going on. And so what I want to answer today is biblically, what is revival? What is revival? What does that look like uh, for us? I, there is a whole lot of misconceptions about what revival is and what it's not. And I hope to answer those today. Uh, I, I talked to, so what, what happened was I emailed a, a sermon to uh, our media team. And they usually have all the points up there. And then late last night, I just started feeling like, oh man, I've got to address it. I need to talk about this, God. You want me to talk about this? And so I stayed up a lot last night uh, and, and got it done this morning. And so I'll probably take a nap this afternoon. we got always time to sleep, right? Um, but but I, I worked on this. And so I, we're going to start in Acts chapter 3, verse 11 through 20. So if I'm reading part of my notes this morning... Please forgive me, okay? Normally, I, I've had a lot more time to study them than I did uh, this week. So just please forgive me. Acts chapter 3, uh, 11 through 20 is where we're going to start today. It says this, While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, uttered, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or pity we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, who God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by his name, and by faith in his name, has, has made this man strong. Whom you see and now, and the faith that is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brothers, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of the prophets, yet as Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. That times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you uh, for the opportunity this morning to preach your word, uh, Lord, this morning, and to teach this morning. I pray this morning today is a, a learning opportunity, a teaching opportunity, and that you will be glorified in it. Lord, I pray for revival in this church. I pray for revival that comes through you. Uh, and, and, your, and, and, and through your word, uh, Lord, and, and in, our, in our individual lives that has lasting fruit that will see change in our lives. And uh, Lord, I pray for that. Uh, Lord, I pray for an awakening in our country that people will preach the gospel and people will be saved. God, in all things, we love you and thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I am, like always, excited to gather uh, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ and 
everything that we do here at Crossbridge has to be centered around the gospel. Everything. It doesn't matter if it's the nursery classes, which are extremely important because I love the babies, has to have the gospel. The children's classes, the youth, everything that we do should be around Christ being crucified and being raised again, uh, defeating death and sin that we can be saved. Everything has to be, it should be central in everything that we do. And, and over the last couple of weeks, we've, uh, we've had a lot of, I've seen and heard a lot of questions. I've had a lot of questions about uh, a great revival that has started uh, in Kentucky uh, at a school named Ashbury. And so this is kind of a big topic that's on uh, in Christianity right now being talked about. And, and what happened was that at a small chapel service, Ashbury's a small uh, Wesleyan Holiness Movement school, at a small chapel ser uh, service, that chapel service has continued on for 10 days. And it's brought up a lot of questions about revival and what is revival? What is true revival? Uh, last, last night on KY3, if you heard, I had people sending this to me and talking to me about it that uh, we heard about a revival happening at a youth service here in Marshfield. And I believe with all my heart that God is kids' class. I'm sorry. I got carried away, didn't I? Kids, if you want to go down to Children's Church, second grade and below, you can do that. Thanks, buddy. Keep me in line, okay? But I believe with all my heart, as I get back to this, that God is not the author of confusion. He is not. Uh, and so I believe it is our responsibilities, and our elders take this very serious, that we uh, make sure that the body has a good understanding about what this looks like. And so what I'm not going to do today, what I'm not going to do is to tell you whether what happened at Ashbury or here in Marshfield last Wednesday is a true revival. That is not my responsibility. Uh, I believe, like I said uh, earlier, that there will be lasting fruit, change lives if it is. But what I can tell you is what Scripture, and I can tell you this for sure, is what Scripture says revival looks like according to God's Word. And we know that that can't fail. So in our text today, we see that Peter is addressing the Jews. He's addressing the nation of Israel. And he starts preaching a sermon, basically, about Jesus' death. Uh, and that he was the true Messiah. And he is urging the Jews to turn back to God. Now, I want, to, I, I want today, uh, uh, what I want to, today to look like is I want you to know what revival is and what it isn't. But the key verses in this passage are 19 and 20, where he says, Repent and turn back, that your sins may be wiped out. And that and there may become, uh, refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send Jesus who is anointed for you as the Messiah. It was anointed for you as the Messiah. So how are people saved? I want to start with that this morning. How are people saved? People are saved by the gospel being preached. It doesn't have to happen just in church. Did you know you can preach the gospel in a one-on-one -on -one conversation? In discipleship this morning, we were, I was talking, uh, we were talking about lost people, right? And what's the best explanation of the gospel? 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. The gospel is shared. It's the, best, it's the best scripture that shares what the gospel is. So everything that we do as a church must start and stop with the gospel. Everything. God works in our hearts and he works in lives and people's hearts when they hear the gospel message. When the gospel is preached, the Holy Spirit works. People have conviction of sin. They turn from that sin in faith and they put their trust in Christ. 
for the forgiveness of their sins. That is the gospel. It's repentance. Repent, repentance is changing your mind about God. It's agreeing with Him about your sin and turning to Him as the solution. So that you've sinned, you've violated a holy God. Okay, God, I'm not going to excuse my sin away. I'm not going to say that it's okay. I'm going to agree with you that it's sin. And I'm going to turn to you as the solution, not myself. That's biblical repentance. That's what it looks like. All throughout Scripture, we see that. All throughout Scripture, we see that if the gospel isn't preached, salvation doesn't happen. The gospel has to be preached. Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, both the Jew, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So what is the gospel? It's the power. It's, it, God uses the gospel. Who, 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 who has the honor and the privilege to get to share that? We do. The church. The ambassadors. I had I, uh, Valerie earlier said Matthew 28, 19, and 20, right? What a great honor and privilege it is to be able to live out that command. To be able to share the gospel, see people saved, and then disciple them. We know that the gospel is what changes people's hearts and minds. Not the setting. Not the setting. Not having a great looking preacher. I'm sorry you don't. What are you, what are you laughing for, Stacy? Right? Well, it's not the setting. It's not strobe lights. It's not the music. It's not smoke machines. We don't have to make sure the setting is perfect and that the Holy Spirit fills the room. You hear some of this stuff. You know how I know you hear it? Because I hear it. That's not how the gospel... No, the gospel is preached. The gospel's preached. The gospel's shared. And then what happens? The Holy Spirit works in the hearts of men, showing them they're in great need of a Savior, drawing them to God. Listen, Romans 10, 13, and 14 is amazing. It says, for everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? God gave us the responsibility, the honor, the privilege to get to preach the gospel. And he uses that to draw men in. It's amazing. If we want to see people saved and we want to see a great awakening, sweet Marshfield, preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. Call people to repentance just like Peter did. Share the truth of who Jesus is and call them to repentance. Now here's the thing. You may have thought that what I just described this morning is what revival looks like. But I didn't. That's the misconception. I didn't. I just described to you how lost people come to faith in Jesus Christ. I described to you what the church evangelism, the evangelistic effort should look like. Revival is something completely different. Revival is for who? The church. It's for you. It's for people that are already saved. Revival is a spiritual 
reawakening in a believer. It's a spiritual reawakening. So what is that? It's when you awaken from a place of stagnation. You ever been stagnant in your life, in any area of your life, where you feel like you're walking through mud and you're just stale in your faith? Maybe it's in your, it can be in any area. Just think about stagnation and just being so just down in your faith. Listen, this April, Crossbridge, I, I, you guys don't know this yet, the elders do, but this April, Crossbridge is going to be, uh, they ask us to host the Baptist Association Revival. Well, what is the purpose of that? It's not, listen, it's not for us to hit the streets to bring lost people in. Now, if that happens, amen. I, I'm happy about that. They're going to hear the gospel being preached. But it's a time to bring to the surface our love for God. An appreciation of His holiness. To bring a passion for His word and His church. It's to fire us up. An awareness of, of our personal sin in our own life. To repent of that sin. Repentance is a lifelong thing of turning from sin. A, 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 an awareness of corporate sin in the body. A desire for repentance and growth in righteousness. It's for us to grow in Christ. Revival deepens our faith in God. It's like us having mud all over us and be stuck in mud. And it's wiping the slate clean. And getting our focus back on Christ. Listen, revival has happened across our country before. In the 1700s, there was one called the First Great Awakening. You know how that Great Awakening happened? From authoritative preaching. By people preaching the gospel. Telling people, repent or you shall likewise perish. It was authoritative preaching. From men that love God's word, that preach God's word. And people turned the repentance. They turned from their sin. And they, they had that awesomeness, amazingness. When they think about that Jesus died for them on the cross. And they got excited about it again. They were excited. It made, in the 1700s, being a Christian a very personal thing to average people. And that's what the gospel is. Revival, in many cases, takes the people back. It takes them back to when they were first saved. I want to do that this morning. Do you remember? Do you remember what it was like when you first came to faith in Christ? How much love you had for this God in flesh? That went to the cross that died for you. Mm. You know, I love taking John 3.16. It's not blasphemy to do this. I love taking John 3.16 and saying, For God so loved Jeff that he gave his only begotten son. You need to do that. That's personal. I'll tell you, when you start to do that and you make this personal, what God did for you, you know what happens? You have some revival in your spirit. You go back to when God changed your spiritual condition. And it can only be God that changes it, that makes it right. Listen, 
I, I believe with all my we just got back. Oh, man, we had a great weekend. There was eight couples that went this weekend to that marriage retreat, right? And we went down there to Branson, and we spent Friday. We got there Friday afternoon, and we checked in. And we had, you know what, how, you know what was so amazing about it? Well, I, I personally enjoyed it because I got preached at uh, instead of doing the preaching. It's good for me to get preached at, and I was. We got there Friday afternoon, and we, we got checked in. We went to the first session, and it was a hammer-down session, right? And we, we, we had that uh, session, and we had two sermons on, um, well, pretty much, two, they were all pretty much sermons, five total over the course of two days. You know what five sermons over the course of two days focusing on Christ will do in your life? It starts to revive you. I believe that, hey, I'm just, me, I had some revival this, this weekend in my own personal life. There's, there's times in my marriage, in my life, in my being a father that I get stagnant, stagnant. But through amazing preaching of the gospel of Jesus, we were renewed. We were renewed. My favorite sermon, I'll share it with you. It's not totally off topic, but it is a little bit. But let me chase a rabbit real quick. Matthew 13. He preached over Matthew 13. And about the field, that the kingdom of heaven is like a field that has a treasure. And you would take everything you have and sell it and buy that field to get that treasure. You know what we don't think about? Is we don't think about in that field that there were snakes. How many of you like snakes? A couple of you? How many of you hate snakes, and if you see a snake, it's a dead snake? Some more of you? Okay. How many of you like spiders? A few of you? How many of you hate spiders, and you're smashing them, or you're yelling, Honey, get in here and kill the spider! All right? And you'd have no idea where it's at. All right? Some of you, right? Think about all the things that were in that field. Spiders, snakes, dark, nasty stuff, dirty stuff, right? Think about the treasure, though. You know, so many times, this, this, is, this is the gist of the sermon. So many times in marriage, we look at the field and the snakes and the spiders and we say, well, she should be doing this or she should be doing that or she shouldn't be doing this instead of looking at the treasure and the reason why I married her. Now think about the church. How many times when people I've heard, he said this and I amen to you. He, he, he said this, he said, how many times when you join a church do people say, I want to join the church, and they list off what? All the treasures of the church. Because they're focused on the treasures of the church. They love it. Then how many times you hear when they want to leave, when they come and say, Pastor Jeff, we're leaving. And I say, why? Why are you leaving? You know what I hear? The field. I hear the field. They fo their focus is off of the treasure. So many times we get our focus off of that. Off of that. Revival is a restoration of fellowship with God on His terms. You want revival in your life? Focus on the treasure that is Christ. On Christ. We see numerous places in Scripture, church, that God is calling the church into revival. Here they are. I'm going to go through them quick. I'm running out of time. Number, first one, Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 through 5. Revelation 2, 4 through 5. He's writing to the church in Ephesus. 
And he says this, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. What's Christ calling the church to do? Remember the treasure. Return to their first love. Listen, in, pers- in our personal lives, many times, the excitement of, of, go- of, of gaining salvation in Christ, of being accepted in Christ, grows cold. And we start to lose that zeal that we had at first. We become bogged down in the ritual of going through the motions, punching the time clock. You don't think I don't feel like that sometimes? I'm being honest with you, I do. I do sometimes. Going through the motions, punching the time clock. No joy in serving. Revival restores the joy and love for the Lord we had when we first became followers of Christ. That's what revival is. Here's a second example. Just down in the chapter, Revelation 2, 10 through 11. You notice who all these are to. They're to churches. They're to churches. It says, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. What's happening? They're suffering intense persecution. Intense persecution. We don't know that kind of persecution yet in our country. I use the word yet. We don't know that yet. But sometimes the cares of this world, persecution for being believers, making biblical stands can just wear you out. And you become physically and mentally exhausted. Let me ask you, have you ever just been tired in your life? Just been tired. Listen, that's why many people quit ministry. Tired of putting up with people criticizing them all the time. Just exhausted physically. Listen, don't quit. Be revived. Revival can lift, lift us up into new hope. Encourage us in Christ. These are just a couple of examples of the call to Jesus to the church for revival. You can read these letters to the churches. You know what they all are? He, All of them except for one, he says, you're doing really good at this, but get revived in this. You can read them. They're applicable for us today. They really are. But why do we need revival as the American church? Why are people calling for revival? You hear it. We pray for it. Why do we need that? Well, the book of Revelation tells us again. In the same chapter, verses 14 through 16, what is happening but I, it says, but I have a few things against you. You have, you have some there who hold, the te- who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to, to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality. So also have, have some who hold to the te- teachings of Nicolaitans. Therefore, repent. If not, I will come to you soon 
and war against them with the sword from my mouth. What's happening to the church there? Why do we need revival? It's the same reason today. The church is starting to look more like the world every single day. More every day. Compromising with what? The world on sexual immorality. Hmm. 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 Do we see that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The breaking of God's commands on things like sanctity of life. Compromising with the world will absolutely cause our relationship with the Lord Jesus to be in the gutter and need revival. Revival, though, will lead us into biblical discernment of what values we should hold when we agree with God. What is right? What is wrong? Listen, I want to say something bold here. If a church isn't preaching about sin, death, and repentance, if they are holding on to the values of the world, if they have sin in their midst and are okay with it, revival is not going to come. Not from God. Not from God. If you hold to the values of the world and you're okay with it and you celebrate it, and you have sin in the congregation, and you sweep it underneath a rug because you're scared to go and talk to somebody about why they're cheating on their spouse or why they're having an unbiblical divorce because you don't want to rock the feathers. Revival ain't coming to that church. Not from God. Not from God. Not from God. We can't compromise with the world. We stand on truth. We stand on truth. Here's the other thing. Two more reasons and I'm done. Verses 20 through 23 in Revelation. I want you to highlight them in chapter 2. Here's what it is. Here's what it sums up. False teaching in the church. I want to tell you this morning that God gets very, very upset and angry about false teaching. Teaching that leads people to worship a false god or leads them to commit a sin. What does that look like today? Here's what it looks like. See if you've ever heard this before. God is love and wants you to love who you want to love. God is love and there are multiple ways to heaven. You just take your path and be happy and joyful. You know what that is? It's false teaching. Biblical revival on the other hand, though, will lead us into the truth of Jesus Christ. The truth of his word. You know why we haven't had revival? Max, I was talking to our elders about this sermon this morning. Max gave me this verse. I loved it. I looked it up and I'm like, oh man, i got to add that in the sermon. It's Amos chapter 8, verse 11. This is what it says. Amos 8, 11. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God. Well, I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor of thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. Hmm. Hmm. You know why we, do, we need revival desperately in our country? Because you don't hear God's word being preached for the truth that it is. Gotta preach the truth. There's a famine for truth. Last one, Revelation 3, 1 through 6, is dead churches. All over this country, there are congregations that just go meet. They go through the motions. 
together. They sing songs together. They take up an offering. And then they go home till next Sunday. Dead. 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 No evangelism. No tears. No heartfelt worship of the Savior for who he is. Just dead. These verses are also a picture of many individual believers. Outwardly, very prosperous, busy with religious activity, but void of spiritual life and power in their lives. Just going through the motions. Listen, you know what revival is? It's the AED machine that sparks them back to life. It's God saying, get fired up about me. How many of us? How many of us yelled last weekend on Sunday night? I, I yelled because I was upset. But how many of you were so excited about the Super Bowl? Man, we would not miss that. Oh, we got the Super Bowl, baby, the Chiefs. Woo. But Sunday morning, I don't know. I really don't want to go to church. I mean, he yells all the time. He walks around and is, uh, what a church. Get the spark. Talking to myself. Hope you know that. Talking to myself. I'm talking to myself. I want to close with this. I want to close with this. I'm asking our worship team to come. You want to see the evidence of re revival? Look for externals. Don't look for externals. Look for the internals. Don't look at the outside. Look at the inside. Change lives. Great movements towards righteousness, evangelism, preaching the truth of the gospel, towards biblical social issues, believers spending time in prayer, reading and obeying God's word, believers using the spiritual gifts that God has given them, believers discipling other believers you know what the people that do discipleship in this church and are discipling somebody all the time you know what I say about them they're the ones that are fired up about Jesus because they're taking their time away from the world and putting it into Jesus and pouring into somebody else I said I don't care how much knowledge somebody has it don't matter how smart I am if I don't take that and share it with somebody else and pour into them. So do I know if Ashbury or Marshfield's true? No. No. This isn't about that. I hope, I pray it is. At the very least, the topic is being prayed about and talked about, which needs to be. So that's a success. But here's my point. If you need revival in your own life, in your family, it starts with you. It starts with you humbling yourself before God and saying, God, be merciful to me because I've messed stuff up. I'm a sinner. I've messed up. And I agree with you that I've messed stuff up. Your word tells me I've messed stuff up and I'm turning to you. If you do that, you know what Jesus says, the promise that he has? I, he says, I will exalt you. He brings revival in your life. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Here's what I want you to pray for.
I want you to pray for revival in your family, in your life. I want you to pray for a great awakening in our country. That people awaken to the truth of the gospel. You know how they do that? Preaching the word. Not by me. By you. By you sharing the gospel. If we really want to hold a revival service, let's have three days worth of nonstop preaching the word. We'll have some songs. We'll sing, we'll lift our voices to the Lord. We won't take up an offering. We'll just have preachers that share the truth. You want to do that? I'm all over that. Let's book it up. Let's bring our campers out here to the parking lot. We'll camp and eat some meals and we'll have a revival. We'll see what God does with that. Right? Have it in your own life, though. Have it in your own life. I'm going to pray. If you need, I prayed this morning. I answered some questions that God's word answered some questions about what's going on. Uh, if you have more questions, I encourage you to come and talk to me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for this morning and your word. Lord, I believe with all my heart you're the only solution to anything. Any of our issues or problems, and you're the solution to our country. I pray, Lord, this morning, though, I can't control the whole country, but we can control our households and ourselves by being obedient to you. I pray for that this morning for this body. I pray if there's people in here that are stagnant, stale in their faith, that they remember what you did for them on the cross. That they remember how great of a price you paid for them. And that drives them into excitement, into service for you. God, we love you this morning. I thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Lord, bless you.
thank you for coming this morning. I don't think our media team, I, I put stress on them whenever I send last-minute sermons and stuff, and they do a great job. I appreciate you guys back there. You did a good job today. The benediction, here's the benediction. Uh, and I picked this early this morning because I thought, you know, this is a great passage of somebody who was praying for revival and renewal in their own heart, and it's David. David uh, had sinned against God, and he's confronted with his sin by the prophet Nathan. And this is what he says. It's in Psalm 51.10. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That's David saying, God, I have messed this up. I have messed this up. And, and that can be any situation in our life. Any situation in our life. For me, it's stagnant. It don't matter. Insert the sin there, right? I've messed it up, God. Create in me a clean heart and renew my spirit. What's renew? It means I, I'm lifted up. I'm renewed. I'm revived. I'm excited again about you, God. And he did that. He did that for David. And I'm telling you, he can do it for anybody in this room. He can do it anybody for in this town when we humble, or in this country, in the world, when we humble ourselves before him. If you have questions, please come see me. I love this church. Thankful to be here this morning. Max Hartman, you gave me the verse. Would you close us in prayer this morning?